0: Hello and welcome to Stories of Scotland, a jolly podcast where we explore Scotland and its many nooks and crannies. I'm Annie. And I'm Jenny. And this week we are going to
1: be heading way up north, to the remote nook and mysterious cranny called the Minch. This is the strip of sea between the mainland northwest coast and the northern outer Hebride Islands, the water is around 50 miles across and 70 miles long and holds some wonderful history and intriguing mythology.
0: It also holds the remains of many wrecked ships. Huge storms sweep off the Atlantic and batter the islands with torrential rain and powerful winds. If you add in the long, dark nights of winter, plus the fact that it's surrounded by lacerated coastline on three sides, then sailing through these conditions would make even the most weathered seaman very nervous. Ah, but luckily,
1: these seamen had the guiding help of 12 lighthouses to assist them navigate the deadly area, including, Annie, my favourite lighthouse in all of Scotland, the Butt of Lewis Lighthouse. It sits upon the oldest rock in Europe and some of the oldest rock in the world, Lewisian Gneiss. This beautiful pink and grey rock is over 3.4 billion years old. Considering that the world itself is 4.5 billion years old, this rock has been on the planet for three quarters of the planet's entire life, which to me is just mind boggling. When you touch it, you're connected to the entire history of the planet and every living organism. Because this rock is older than life itself. Man, I don't know, it's my favourite rock in the entire world.
0: I can just hear a lot of the other rocks we've spoken about crying that they're not your favourite rock. Nah, this is
1: the granddaddy of all rocks. It definitely deserves (laughs) the favourite stamp. But also, back to the lighthouse and why it's my favourite lighthouse. Not too far along the coast, there's a stone sea arch called the Eye of the Butt. One more geology fact, I promise, last one. The Minch is also the site of the largest meteor strike to ever hit the British Isles. Geologists have found shocked quartz and a non-terrestrial chromium isotope in the rock up there. They use this, along with other evidence, to conclude that 1.2 billion years ago, a meteorite struck this area, leaving a 20 kilometer wide crater and causing a blast so powerful that there would have been winds as high as 260 miles per hour in Aberdeen.
0: Well, Jenny, I actually studied in Aberdeen and that's that's still about the average wind speed <laughs> in the, the Granite City, unfortunately.
1: Do you know how they could tell that it was shocked quartz?
0: How could they tell it was shocked quartz? Jenny,
1: please tell me. Because when they picked it up, It went, oh, what did you see that? My wee cap's blown off all my life. I swear, I've never seen anything like that happen here. (laughs) What a
0: noise. (laughs) So while there is a wonderful and wide range of natural wildlife in the area, such as the incredible mink whales and basking sharks, it's not these natural inhabitants that the Minch is known for, no, it's rather the unnatural inhabitants who float just below the waves, known as the Blue Man of the Minch. Yes,
1: the Blue Men of the Minch are powerful mythological creatures that live in, as their name suggests, the water of the Minch. They are always on the lookout for unwitting boats sailing by. But not all of them are looking out at once, for they live deep under the surface in underwater caves. And to save unnecessary trips up, they send one lookout blue man to keep watch. Upon spotting a boat, he'd quickly swim back to the caves and rally the troops. And what troops they are. It is said that the blue men are about the same height as a regular man and have long, scraggly hair that trails behind them as they swim. They are also completely blue. Which does explain the name. <laughs> They're not just really sad. <laughs> That's why the sea is so salty.
0: Oh, no! <laughs> the tears of the blue man. They also have big grey bushy beards for me. Oh, foam beards. I like that. So we've only seen stories of the blue man of the Minch enter into text in the last 120 years. But all of these are based on beautiful oral stories that have been passed through generations and generations by firelight and peat smoke. And these started to be written down by folklorists about nineteen hundred. So we've got an excerpt here from nineteen twenty six. Now this was written in the Scotsman newspaper by Alistair Alpine MacGregor. Aye, but it is in folklore and legend that the Sheant Isles have focused most conspicuously,
1: because in the Straits of Them and the Isle of Lewis, live those restless creatures known to us as the blue men they are in fact our hebridean storm kelpies and they work their mischief in the sound of shiant which in the ancient Lewisian legend is called the stream of the blue men many a storm the blue men are blamed for having raised many an unsuspecting fishing crew they have harassed Many an innocent ship they have beguiled and sent to her doom. The minch can be very rough with uncertain winds, but even when it is at rest the skiliest skipper is often obliged to exercise greatest care and diligence in the stream of the blue men. And I can vouch for this from personal experience, for I have seen these deft and wily horsemen riding on their snowy white steeds in the wild furore, before a loudly wailing wind.
0: Ah, excellent, Jenny. So, the Blue Men of the Minch legend is interrelated to other Gallic mythology. Now, I've read that they are part of a triad of Gallic children, of our wonderful Kayak, the sometimes mother, sometimes hag woman deity of the whole environment in Gallic culture. Now, it's said that she had three main descendants, The green folk, or the fairies as we would call them, the trolls if you're further north, are her descendants on the earth. The nimble men, or the merry dancers, are her descendants up in the sky. So they are the aurora borealis, or the supernaturals who play and twirl and dance in the northern lights. And then the blue men of the minch are her descendants in the sea. And then we see this reflected in some similar Gaelic Christian mythology that says that when angels fell from heaven, they became otherworldly seals if they fell in the sea. So seals instead of blue men. But if they fell on land again, they would become fairy trolls. So either way, we've got a pretty epic origin legend here for the blue men of the Minch. Yeah, they
1: have been around since the creation of Scotland, according to this which probably explains why we've seen some other explanations for the Blue Men as well. There's an old folklorist who suggested the name of the Blue Men comes from the Vikings' exploitation of Moors as slaves. Now, the Moors were the people who inhabited Northern Africa and the Western Mediterranean in this time period. They wore blue clothes and so were known as the Blue Men.
0: I've looked into this as well. So the Scots Gaelic phrase for the blue man of the Minch is usually nafir gorma, which I've seen used in historic, archaic Irish Gaelic to refer to black slaves. Okay. We know that the Vikings had slaves because we have written accounts of the Vikings trading people as though they were objects. And then we also have archaeological evidence. But unfortunately, we don't know whether or not this is really the stem for the name of the Blue Man of the Minch, because there's too many empty spaces in the history. And then I've also heard an oral history that suggested that their Gaelic name was actually Gorimich, which is similar to Nafir still coming from the Gaelic word Gorim for blue, but just meaning the men of the sea.
1: Well, wherever their name originates from, the Blue Men spend their days down in their caves, or, if the weather is nice, floating face-up just below the surface of the water, as if they're tanning themselves in the pale northern Scottish sunlight. That is until they spot their entertainment for the day, an unwitting boat passing by.
0: And to be on that boat would have been a terrifying experience. This stretch of water, known as the Blue Men's Stream, used to be called the current of destruction because so many ships were wrecked and lost here, creating a graveyard under the waves. And imagine being a sailor in the midst of a furious storm, seeing slender blue bodies bursting out of the waves and charging towards you. These sea creatures would rise and give trace with great speed towards any sea vessel.
1: Ah, yes, I think this is my favourite thing about the blue men. Their legs are so powerful that as they kick, they are propelled through the waves so fast that their torsos, their upper halves, pop out like blue little whack-a-moles. I like... didn't see that in <laughs> any of the traditional <laughs> no, stories, I did. Like So they come charging at you like they're running and half of them is above the water.
0: Ah yes, like... the ancient folklorists describing them as whack-a-moles.
1: Yes, they also said they had mad thunder thighs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, yes, they had very powerful thighs. (laughs) But the blue men weren't all muscle and brawn. They were also brains, Jenny. Mm. Because once the blue men reached their poor victim boat, the chief of them would call out to the captain of the vessel and challenge him to slam poetry. (laughs) They would give him two lines of poetry in rhyming couplets, and the captain had to think very quickly to complete the verse. Wow,
1: this is the original rap battle, <laughs> DJ Deep Blue versus Shippy Ship Cap Cap. I don't know what rap battle is, or slam poets call themselves for that matter, but I can just see it going down now with all the other blue men round the side going "Oh!" splashing water when he does a good verse. <laughs>
0: No, no, Jenny. So this is showing the value of poetry and songs to sailors and coastal communities who are embedding their identities in vocal tradition. It also shows the dependency of the ship's crew on the fast thinking of the captain in storms. Though the captain may not be protecting the crew through rough storms with his poetry, the captain's knowledge of the ocean with his years of experience at sea would save the crew during dreadful wild nights. I mean,
1: DJ Deep Blue got nothing but respect for these young wordsmiths of the sea, Annie, but he likes to test them, you know, and keep them to a high standard.
0: If the captain was able to reply with a beautiful rhyming couplet, then the ship would be allowed to pass through the blue men without any harm. Mm. Now, Jenny, I have a successful poem here, an exchange that took place between a tricksy, mischievous blue man of the sea and a quick-witted ship's captain... So you need to be both a supernatural ocean storm beast and a Western Isles fisher.
1: Man of the black cap, what do you say as your proud ship cleaves the brine? My speedy ship takes the shortest way, I'll follow you line by line. My men are eager, my men are ready to drag you below the waves. My ship is speedy. My ship is steady. If it sank, it would wreck your caves.
0: Wow, Jenny, you're such an incredible <laughs> bard. Such sweet poetry from times past.
1: Well, Annie, it uh, it isn't that hard, as my copious brain cells are very fast.
0: But do you think <laughs> that you're fast enough to beat the blue man's cry? Well, uh, well even when the seas are are rough, I'm blue.
1: Dab a dee, dab a die. <laughs> Definitely not sure about that last one there, Jenny. Look, I think it's safe to say that I would fare averagely well against the blue men. (laughs) But what happens if the captain isn't as poetic as I am and fails their test?
0: Ah, well, this is what the blue men are really known for. Their ability to conjure up the fiercest storms ever seen and send them raging upon the doomed boat. The blue men delighted in watching the crews struggle against the wind and the waves. Ooh, and ultimately
1: enter their watery graves.
0: Yes, and I worry, Jenny, that your boat would definitely be wrecked and washed up on the shingle. <laughs> well, I disagree,
1: Annie, but I do suspect that it's time to play the jingle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I found a lovely Gaelic recording from the 1950s and it was told by John MacLeod who was a prison officer from Skye but it shows that when the wee blue men weren't doing their dizzying rhymes they actually had a bit of a surreal sense of humour just like you Jenny. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I've had a look into a translation do you want to dramatise this Jenny?
1: Yes please. A fisherman was out one fine day under the endless skies of the west coast on this gentle afternoon the sky was blue and calm reflecting into a soft murmuring sea the fishermen heard a slow enchanting breathing for anyone who has heard a whale breathing through their blowhole it was like this noise <laughs> A breathing that goes so deep into the sea, it feels like it's held by the whole ocean itself. Wow. But it was not a whale, as the fisherman had assumed. He was surprised to see a little blue man appear, breaking through the waves, and then another, and another, until there was a whole shoal of them in front of him. They were funny little men, with long grey faces like seals, but with distinct human bodies. Their skin was of every shade of the sea, with foamy white-grey beards. The fisherman realised that these strange little sea monsters might be more valuable than any fish that he could catch. So he took out his net and he chucked it over the closest blue man. Immediately, the other blue men sunk into the bottom of the water, afraid of seeing the fisherman's betrayal. Quickly rowing, the fisherman docked his boat and tied the wee blue man up in his barn where he kept his livestock. However, when the fisherman turned his back, the blue man slipped out of the rope as though his body was made of water itself and quickly ran back to the coast. He saw the fisherman's daughter close to the edge of the water. She was cleaning and gutting fish dutifully, but shrieked when she saw the strange blue man running towards her and dropped her gutting knife. He approached rapidly, but as he got to her, the wee blue man bowed politely, and he said to her in Gaelic, for that's the language of the blue people, Lassie, make sure you clean those fish well, because there's a lot of beasts in the sea. (laughs) And then he jumped into the water with a big splash and went back to his bowels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. Now, when I first heard this story, I thought that the wee blue man was talking about himself as the beast in the sea. But then when I actually think about it, I think that this supernatural little fellow might have been being a bit sarcastic and talking about the fisherman who had held him hostage.
1: Aha, so it is her father that is the monster, not the blue man. See, I thought he was going to steal the girl, uh, but instead he just had a go at her da, which I kind of (laughs) love. I think it's fascinating to see how different pockets of people over hundreds of years developed their own ways of explaining the world around them. Before modern science and the global sharing of knowledge, every society had its own way of rationalising their everyday experiences. And one very common experience of the people who lived on the islands and mainland surrounding the Minch is that there were often huge storms and many, many tragic shipwrecks because of them. The blue men of the Minch represent both the poetry and the power of the sea.
0: And there's something really enthralling about their nature. They seem really interwoven into Hebridean folklore. Something similar to the way we read about fairies here. Sometimes the blue men are good and sometimes they're evil. Sometimes they are the attackers and sometimes they are the victims. They represent the whole ruthless nature of the sea and the uncertainty of the fishing industry. And though we have a lot of hybrid, half-human, half-sea mammal, ocean monsters and legends, there's nothing else quite like the Blue Men of the Minch elsewhere in Scotland. It's a very localised folktale that really warped itself into the imaginations of the Hebridean fishing communities.
1: Do you want to know my theory on why they're only up there in the Hebrides, Annie? Knock me out. Alright, here we go. If you think about it, alright? 1.2 billion years ago, what happened? meteor yes a huge meteorite from space smashed into this very area and then you just happen to have strange blue watermen who are only found in this one place in the world pop up all seems like a little bit of a coincidence to me
0: annie no more conspiracy theories jenny there's too many of them in the world already <laughs> annie,
1: the facts don't lie and also aliens love poetry that is a known fact
0: Well, this is great news for you then, Jenny, because I've got a poem for us to finish on. So this is a poem called The Blue Man of the Minch, written by folklorist Donald Mackenzie.
1: All Right, gather round, gather round. Everyone got an ear? Aye, all right. When the tide is turning and the wind is fast asleep, and not a wave is curling on the wide blue deep. Oh, the waters will be churning in the stream that never smiles where the blue men are splashing round the Xi'an Isles. As the summer wind goes droning o'er the sunbright seas and the minches all a-dazzle to the Hebrides, they will skim along like salmon. You can see their shoulders gleam and the flashing of their fingers in the blue men's stream. But when the blast is raving and the wild tide races, the blue men are breast-high with their foam-grey faces. They'll plunge along with fury, while they sweep the sea behind, or they'll bellow o'er the billows and wail upon the wind. And if my boat be storm-tossed and beating for the bay, they'll be howling and growling as they drench it with their spray. For they'd like to heel it over to their laughter when it lists, or crack the keel behind them, or stave it with their fists. Oh! Weary on the Blue Men, their anger and their wiles. The whole day long, the whole night long, they're splashing round the isles. They'll follow every fisher. Ah, they'll haunt the fisher's dreams. When billows toss, oh, who would cross the Blue Men's stream?
0: Thank you so <laughs> much for that reading, Jenny. You've become quite the buyer to this episode. You clearly don't want to be sunk by the Blue Man of the Minch.
1: I think for these readings, I'm going to invest in like a wee fisherman's cap, maybe a pipe. (laughs) I think (laughs) it would go well with the persona.
0: (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Stories of Scotland. If you've enjoyed it, then why not leave us a lovely little review it helps other people to find us and keeps jenny away from the conspiracy websites and we would especially appreciate any reviews in rhyming couplets oh, yes. that's what we've been living for our whole lives
1: <laughs> yes that would really make us so happy during these strange lockdown times slanjiva slanjiba know how I think they start their storms as well? How? They clap their thunder thighs together. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that went up like on the first page you're writing and I was like, I gotta get this somewhere. <laughs>